This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Texas Rangers. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington. Across from me, some Hawaiian guy. Uh, it looks like it could be Evan Grant. And to my left, David Moore, who's looking for an email just to prove that he was not a uh, slacker and that he did actually do what Evan had asked him to do several weeks ago. Right. As opposed to you, who just brazenly did not do what I asked you to do. Well, I, I'm trying to preserve my Which you my sound record. surprised by, but. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, me? You want input from me? Well, this is our, and this is our Rangers podcast. Yes, which will go is quickly. It? We'll go, well, oh, <laughs> oh my. Uh, we, what we want to know, like though, if, if you could find a manager, then, then we'll do it quickly. Well, I think it would be, you know, really good if they were thorough. Now, wait a minute. Didn't you say that they were going to be done by the middle of the month? I don't recall. I think you did. For right. sure. Did I? You don't recall? I recall. I don't recall. You would uh, recall that if you said it, wouldn't you? I I don't yeah. I, necessarily. I, I you know the you get into this whole thing with October and naming managers. Yeah. And MLB kind of frowns upon it because they want all the focus on the postseason and definitely the World Series. And right now, like I'm looking, I I, I think that they may start interviewing candidates next week. David's going to send me that email. Wow. Um, they may start interviewing candidates next week, and then you get into this, what point in time during the World Series could they possibly come to a decision? Um, you've got an off day, I think, on the 22nd before the World Series starts. You've got one on the 25th, and then on the 30th. Those would be about the times they could they could come to a decision and make some kind of an announcement. So, th- So this could drag into – Early November. Early November. I'll have to say this. It would be okay to distract from uh, the playoffs so far because they've been pretty terrible. Uh, it was a really good game last night between the Yankees and Red Sox. It was not a real good game. Uh, Angel Hernandez. <laughs> it was a really good game. Angel oh Hernandez was involved. And <laughs> well, don't be blaming this on Angel Hernandez. Well, look, you lose 16-1. to 1, You shouldn't be blaming the umpires. But this also goes to, to this. Angel Hernandez is a terrible umpire, terrible game manager. He did not have a good day yesterday. And tonight, with the Yankees facing elimination, guess where Angel Hernandez will be? Behind the plate. Where? Yeah, that's how baseball That's how baseball go. Well, you know, he must be grading out pretty high to be making these playoffs for you to hate him so much. Actually, I mean, you don't grade out that high to make the division series because he won't be in the LCS and he won't be in the World Series. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a... a well, he's grading out better than somebody. Uh, yeah, and, and it's it, 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 to me, it's a miracle. On X's and O's, I think I saw last night that uh, there have been 18 challenges of Angel Hernandez calls, and 14 of them have been overturned. <laughs> well, are you serious? Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know it's hard to see. Gosh. Come on. Uh, 
I don't know. I my bigger problem with Angel is umpires are going to make mistakes, and I think the the replay thing sometimes we violated the whole spirit of what the, the idea of what replay was supposed to determine. And so, you know, there's some slack there for me. I just think he's bad at game managing. And that's my issue with him. It's my issue with Joe West. Yeah, he's a little, uh, yeah, yeah, Joe's a little theatrical. Yeah, Joe's and, theatrical, makes it about himself. Yeah. Angel is short-fused yeah. and combative. And uh, by and large, you know, we can we can pick apart umpire strike zones. It, it It's difficult. You know, with different hitters of different sizes, the ball moves as much as it does to determine where exactly the ball. I, I get it. There's going to be strike and ball calls that get missed, especially when you're, you know, putting it up arbitrarily on some electronic strike zone later on. Speaking of which, how much longer will it be before baseball goes to that? The sooner the better, I think. I, 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 I don't know why you couldn't go to it in some in some fashion. You know, you couldn't use it as... Who, who would object? Would the players object? Yeah, why is it not in place already, I guess, would be the... That's tradition. And that, that, that's why... But, know. I mean, is that is that it? Because oh, absolutely. Because the technology's I, there, other sports I mean, I, incorporated I, it in. Listen, I suppose you could... I, I suppose there are ways you could, in the NFL, you know, chip the ball so that you can absolutely, mm-hmm. you know, mark where the ball hits the turf if you want to mm-hmm. be specific yeah, on stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I, but I, a, I don't think baseball. You know, baseball still, as much as we've gone to analytics, it's still a human game, and you want to keep that human element in there. And I, yeah, that's see, I, I don't agree with that. I, I want to keep the human element of the players, not of the umpires, right. not, not of the people who are trying to keep the rule. I mean, that's why we have replay. You want to get because, that right because we, the reason we have replay is because the umpires make mistakes, and it's not nothing against them. It's a tough stuff to do. It's a big you, park, you know, and, and I, I'm much more. I'd much more have some kind of reinforced strike zone. Um, if there, I, I think one issue on it is how do you do it? Do you have an umpire behind home plate and he just gets a call and he calls what that is, or do does he have? Then why does, would you need an umpire behind home plate? Right. Yeah. Well, for plays at the plate, yeah. um, and and for you know to keep time moving and things like that, but. If there's any kind of relay system or if the umpire makes a call and then it's got to be relayed, now you're talking about even more delays and baseball becomes closer and closer to cricket. All of that, I, I think there's ways to work around that, and I think we do need to move to something that kind of shores up the strike zone if we're going to continue to present fans with this digital data that, hey, here's where the, here's the strike zone. That's the other thing, yeah. And that, that's what the NFL ran into when you had instant replay right. before it was instituted. It's like, well, but all the fans can see this, right. and now the people why who are – Why can't you? Yeah. So yeah. Why, why would you have technology and present it to the fans and right. not have it impact the game? But, but, yeah, that's the thing. You couldn't – just from a time standpoint, I don't know that it even makes sense to relay it, the umpire – the technology just makes the call on whether it's a ball or strike, yeah, and that just goes not, up yeah. immediately, just like just yeah, like in, right. in tennis where you have it if it's out of right. bounds or whatever. You know. Yeah, or, I, I don't – to me, it's, it's not an issue. I, I'd like to know if the players have an issue with it. I'd like to know, you know, uh, because that's, that's – to me, in the end, that's what it comes down to. 
is that there's there's no pressing need for it. That's why it's, it hasn't happened. The owners are not going to press for it. I don't know that the players are going to press for it. So that's why it's never happened. But it doesn't mean it shouldn't happen. Right. And, and, and I think it should. All right. So on this Rangers podcast in which we were going to talk about the managerial search. Well, you're we, the one that swerved right out of the lane. Can technology do that as well? Eliminate Angel Hernandez and Joe West as candidates. <laughs> yeah. the Give me your top guess right now. Who is it? Now, right now, hypothesis. Here. I believe he prefers. I don't. I don't think guess. I don't think Evan deals in guesswork. Ooh, it's all. It's all educated. It's a hypothesis. Guess. October the 9th, Evan Grant says that the now, next Rangers manager will be. To it. Uh, if I was guessing right now, and I really don't have any solid information because they've they've they well, protected never us stopped you well. before. Um, who would you like to see to be the manager? No, and don't say no, Michael no, no. Young. That's different. Okay, who would you like, and who do you believe it will be? Well, I think the guy that I would have, the guy that I was drawn to most, I don't think has shown interest in the job, and that was Mike Willem. Really, no interest. Um, and I, I what think, is he doing now? Uh, MLB Network, I believe, mostly. Oh, right. Um, and it's it's the same thing that you run into with these guys who made seventy five to one hundred million dollars in their career. There's no pressing need to go back and manage a club for right. eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars and put up with. The time suck and the the mm-hmm. that that is and, and dealing with media on a day to day basis. Um, I, I, I'm still intrigued by the idea of Mark DeRosa. Um, yeah, also a guy with a uh, with an MLB gig, right? Also a guy with an MLB gig. N- didn't make quite as much as guys like Lowell and Michael Young did in their career. Um, the difficult part for me is I haven't heard any of these guys communicate like how they would present analytics two players yeah and and i think that's going to be i think that part of the interview process is going to be essential in this Mm -hmm. that it's got to be somebody who can communicate directly to players and communicate a language that's coming from technology to players who are dealing with a fastball moving at 100 miles an hour which tells me that you know there's this fascination with getting uh, you know and certainly that's what the yankees did when they went out and got aaron boone they took a guy off of tv uh, to do that, well, and and, and I think I'm, I'm interrupting you. Uh, Just go right ahead. Um, I, I don't get to talk much in my own house, so I <laughs> do it here. Um, I I think the the thing that draws guys right now to some of these TV analysts mm-hmm. is that they they speak in sound bites. They represent. They will represent the team well on TV and and in dealing with the media, and that's a huge element of the job. It is in New York. I don't know if it's such a, a huge element here. I, I, I think it is in, in all markets because you basically – you're the one guy that speaks to the media twice a day. Um, and you are you become the spokesman for the club. The GMs are less and less uh, – even though they're, they're more and more powerful, they're less and less heard from. Right. So the, the manager becomes the day-to-day spokesman. And I think that the ability to communicate with the media, the, media, the ability to communicate with the players – those are the two biggest factors. Here's here's my issue, though, with this whole idea of, of doing that, is that um, just because these guys were good players, uh, which, you know, we, we seem to think now again that we want a guy to have had, had a little bit of a career. Uh, that's the trend right now. That's the trend. It didn't, have to be, it didn't have to have a great career, but it had to have a little bit more of a career than Jeff Bannister had in the major leagues. Uh, and uh, so that's one. Um but we wanted to be a guy who's really glib and 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 a good presence on, on in front of a camera and all of that. 
But here's, here's my issue. Just what you said a while ago about presenting these things. If you've never been asked to do that, how do we know? Right. How do we know you can do it? Right. So I'd, and that's, I'd, I, you know, somebody posted a photo yesterday. I think Pedro Gomez posted a, another little video snippet. And I've seen about a half dozen of these over the course of the year of Ron Washington on the, on the grass working with either Dansby Swanson. Yesterday it was Ozzie Albies. Uh, and he was, he was sitting there throwing ground balls to him, uh, doing drills. And that's what Wash loved to do and what right. he's great at. And he works hard at it. And when he became manager, he did not have the time to do that. It did not translate mm-hmm. as well. And that was a real skill for him. The things that Jeff Bannister did well impressed guys sitting in around in a room because he spoke in inspirational quotes and had nice hashtags and could, could talk tough to a bunch of guys who wanted to be motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not necessarily what those 25 and 26 year olds are going to respond to. Yeah. So it, it's, it, it's really difficult to find the guy because you're, you're, unless you've managed before, unless you have done the job, there is no way to say, okay, this is how this is going to, uh, translate over in, into this job because the, the responsibilities become wholly different. So even, from what even you're, if you're a bench coach to a manager. So sure. from what you're saying too, I mean, it's mm-hmm. almost, do you believe the the public persona and and being the the spokesperson and, and figurehead of the organization in a lot of ways that is as important as the personal relationships that the manager builds with each player? Or no, is I, that, think, I think the personal relationships with each player is the most important thing because you've got to you've got to manage those twenty five guys yeah. in the clubhouse. How you communicate with the media and you know what people will parse up on social media off of anything that I tweet or you tweet uh, about a coach or what a coach may have said or what a manager may have said, that's an important part of it. So you've got to speak in in sound bites that... Well, it's an important part of it if you're not winning and, and you don't think this team is going to win immediately, this, so th- this person is going to need those skills. This now, is true. as the team gets better, I don't think those skills are as imperative. Well, it, People it's, are I willing it's to. Still, I think it's still imperative in managing the clubhouse. Well, it, think, it, it depends on the clubhouse, and, and that's, the, that's the issue. The two most successful managers in the history of this franchise were Johnny Oates and Ron Washington. Mm-hmm. Those were the two guys that took them to the playoff, and both those guys were very hands-off. Both of those guys. Both those let, guys also had great guys in the clubhouse running the their, their clubhouse. They, but they let the clubhouse run itself, and, and, uh, and, the club, and the guys in the clubhouse appreciated that. That's what they wanted. But they were also veteran guys, especially mm-hmm. Johnny's team. Johnny's yeah. team were all veterans. Right. You know, there were – there were a lot of veterans on on, uh, on Ron's too, but not as many as there were on Johnny's. So it does depend on what kind of clubhouse you have. This is a very young clubhouse now, very different, very different generation. And, you know, and I think you know, at, at one time, if you look at most managers, most managers didn't have very good careers. Some of them sure. played a long time, but they weren't any good. You know, it was very rare that you had a manager who had a, a career as good as Mike Lowell's. That's a very right. rare thing. Right. So, I, But I think that now, and this is what I need to know and what I like to find out, do players today look at it like, why should I listen to you? You weren't any good. Uh, do they do they say that? Do they think that? Or, or, or I think there's at least a perception that that of of an element of that there, especially if you're going to be a big talker. Um, yeah, if you're going to be challenging, imposing, and you can't you can't talk about yourself and what you did if yeah. you didn't do you didn't do much. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't matter what your life experiences are and how hard you work. Yeah. You come across the players, you know, and you telling them what they need to do and what you did. Hey, 
you know, you had a handful of at bats in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, I've spent I've spent six years, you know, already in the big leagues. You, right. I, I I've got a better idea how to succeed than than you do. Right. Well, you know, it's like Avery Johnson. You know, now he had a, a really good career, right? Mm-hmm. But he was constantly talking about what he did as a player, and I can't imagine the no, people. You, cannot, you yeah. can't do that in any sport. They you don't want to do that. Make it about yourself no. as a manager. Yeah. Now, and I, the it, issues are the best players in these sports aren't usually good managers. There's very right, rarely right. success, and a lot of it is because... Ted Williams being They didn't have to break... Yeah, exactly, yeah. They didn't have to work that hard. That's why a lot of people have brought up Pudge Rodriguez. Why wouldn't Pudge Rodriguez be a good candidate? Well, you know, Pudge, first of all, didn't like answering critical questions during, during yeah. his career, which would not be a good mix. No. Secondly, which is why he's so at ease now, because he doesn't get critical questions. Right. Right. He comes across great. Yeah. Secondly, and, and I think more importantly... It is that whole idea. Oral Hershiser wasn't a good pitching coach. God, he was knowledgeable about mm-hmm. pitching. God, he is knowledgeable about pitching. But he's over there, you know, explaining stuff in, in a language that players don't understand. And I think in Pudge's case, so much came easily to him. Um, he, he can't was, distill it and break it down from a from a teaching perspective. And, and he was and, not a hard worker early in his career. Yeah. And, and again, a lot he of, was a, at the end he was, but absolutely. not but not at the first. But I and just a lot of those elite athletes, after they tell you this is what you need to do, then the athlete doesn't do it. Rather than saying, "Okay, how can I recommunicate this?" They just get frustrated. It's right. like I've told I, you I how could to do it. it. I you know, they're I not saying it. I did it, but they're saying, you know, I told you how to do it. This works. Just do it. Well, it's also well, how do I do it? And it's well, a, just do it. It's a motivational <laughs> thing too. Listen, if you if you've made your bones as a player, if you're a hall, if you're Adrian Beltran and you're a Hall of Famer, well, what the heck else do I have to prove? Yeah. Do I really need to do this? Whereas a guy who didn't have a great career. He knows that this is how I'm going to make my mark as a manager, and I'm going to try really hard to make this work. But to your point, David, you know, I think uh, the, the point you made earlier was about how you communicate to players and mm-hmm. when you're winning versus not winning. Alex Cora basically called out Eduardo Rodriguez the other day for failing to make a, a, a play. You can do that when you've set a tone in the clubhouse for accountability from day one and when you are in a position where, hey, these games matter – um, and, and he didn't rip him, but he said, look, he didn't get off the mound. There were no excuses. Um, just, just say it like that. And it's pretty straightforward. There's no long spiel, no sermon, none of that. It's, Hey, this is, let, let's just call it. Like it's a, it's <laughs> the same thing as being a parent. You know, you can get away with being tough. Uh, as long as it doesn't, you don't hold a grudge, you move on, you correct them, you move on and that's that. And and there and there's no lingering thing here, and, and you're not and you're not going over the top. That players respect that, and of course they're in in Cora's uh, part. You know the guy won 100 what 108 games, right. yeah. so they're going to respect that. Right. Well, you have to be consistent, but they you also, also have, have to modify your message. Clubhouse, they yes. have some young players, but they have some really tested veterans. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a great a, mix. That's a great mix. Yeah, that's about as good as it gets, other than the Astros. Yeah. So. All right, fellas, I think we're going to have to wrap this up. we got to get going. Yes, I, I will leave these words because this is going to really piss off. So did off he ever leave things. a name? No, he didn't. He didn't give a name, did he? I, no, I, I, I said, you know, I, I really am intrigued by the idea of Mark DeRosa. Okay. Um, I think he, I'd still have to see what the presentation is on, like, how you communicate mm-hmm. data and all of that. But I've been intrigued by him from day one. I will leave, I leave, I will leave with this. Uh, we'll move on because this will just piss Ranger fans off, unfortunately. Wow. But uh, what I said before the playoffs started, when I when I predicted the ALDS, I said, just get ready. This is the autumn of Alex, and it will be. <laughs> Alex Bregman has established himself as one of the elite players in the game. He had a great division series. He did. 
Um, probably not as great as George Springer, but the first three guys in their batting order, I totaled up their OPS. It was like 1,600, 925, and then Bregman was at 2,000. So um, <laughs> That's unbelievable. They are rolling. They're a really good team. Bregman, people may not like Bregman because he's on the opposing team. If Alex Bregman Wait, was on little, your team. He's a little cocky. He's a little cocky. If Alex Bregman was on the Texas Rangers, boy, would he be beloved here. here so. Here's the thing about that, real quickly about Bregman, is that he was a good player, you know, when they brought him. And he was going to be a shortstop, and they moved him to third because of, uh, you know, Correa. Correa. But now all of a sudden he's he's he might be the best player on their team mm-hmm. now. And that's hard to believe on that team. That all of a sudden the guy was yeah he's pretty good you know remember that discussion about who was better him or Beltre if you're going around position by position well now he, right now he's yeah yeah he's, he's I mean Beltre's had the better career but Alex Bregman right now is a better oh, ball player a lot better all right well we'll wrap it up on the Rangers um, next week maybe I'll have a name for you guys oh that'd be great all right please do um, so for everybody here every to everybody out there from <laughs> our home to yours yeah so long everybody I think someone else used that. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.